0: Vernomatic Productions. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold.
1: Good evening, everybody. As always, Thursday night, new content drops. Tonight, we have a little bit of heavy metal homework. We're going to metal college. We have Danny Ukes on the show. Danny is an NFT collector. He's an influencer. Dan is here. Get us up to speed and tell us about exactly what NFTs are. He has his finger on the pulse of what's going on. It's deep stuff, metalheads, but it's time for us to get up to speed on the present day and what's in store for the future. We also have a the other end of the spectrum, a 50-year veteran of rock and roll and uh, music photography, Steve Joyster. Steve is a British-born photographer. He has shot such metal legends as Sabbath, Van Halen, Kiss, Aerosmith, ACDC, he's a uh, The shot pictures of Pink Floyd, The Who, he has done everyone. Sting, Billy Joel, Elton John, you get where I'm going with this. Well, Steve, Steve's on board with the NFTs. This spring, Dan and Steve hooked up when Steve was rolling out a brand new limited edition rock and roll heavy metal guitar hero NFT line. It's a great discussion. You'll learn something, and, you know, at the very least, you'll hear some cool rock and roll metal stories. We invite you to visit the brand new Metal Mayhem ROC.com website. There you'll have direct links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, however you consume your podcasting content, download some past shows, sign up for the newsletter, join our community, links to our live radio show on monday nights everything associated with metal mayhem so let's get things going let's welcome to metal mayhem roc danny yukes hey
2: danny how are you man i am doing good vern thank you for having me here super excited to educate the masses the heavy metal masses (laughs) about some non-fungible tokens
1: you know, uh, I've tried to, in the last couple of years, educate myself on some new technology and pop culture. And as much research as I have done, I'm still just barely grasping what this is all about. So I wanted to get you on here. You're a major player in this new, exciting platform. And hopefully, like you said, help our audience understand this a little better. Gonna hand it over to you. Let's uh, dive right into this.
2: Let's take it, let's simple as simple, NFT, non-fungible token. What does that mean? Fungible means that something can be swapped out for something else. So you take a $1 bill, four quarters. Like, those are fungible to one another. $1 bill equals four quarters. The idea behind a non-fungible token is that there is no definitive value. There is no defined value where one picture of a cat equals $500. It's more... Speculative, it is more, you know, it's it's an open market. It's a free market. The market and the people that interact with the market are the ones that decide the value behind these things. Um, but that that's only on a secondary value. When an artist comes like uh Steve Joster, who we're gonna have in here in a minute, and he puts on a bunch of NFTs onto a website and they say, you know, there's only 75 of these all together and only 75 people can buy them for x amount of dollars like that that's the big idea instead of as before it's i have this picture i can sell 2000 prints i could sell one print it depends on who's buying them now there's a level of scarcity baked right in where it's like i have picture number 8 out of 15 of Eddie Van Halen from the Diver Down tour. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, only 15 of these pictures are going to exist on chain, and I have one of them. And so, from the outside, I'm sure there's a ton of people right now rolling their eyes like this fucking kid <laughs> wasting his money yeah. on shit. However, <laughs> however, it's really cool because, uh, you know, for one, like even being able to meet Steve and we're going to bring him in here in a minute, like that entire opportunity came because of NFTs. Like, I didn't know who he was or what he did, but when I saw the drop, I was like, Oh, this is super cool. Like I can get this NFT of Van Halen and you know, blah, blah, blah. And so now I have it and we're forming this relationship.
1: Okay. Well, let's get like an example. Recently, Justin Bieber bought a piece of art for $1.3 million that equaled, 500 Ethers. Now we're quickly getting in the weeds with this, Dan. What is Ethers versus traditional US dollars? That's the first hurdle that I think people need to understand.
2: Totally. So, what you're talking about is Ethereum, right? Ethereum is a cryptocurrency. And when you hear cryptocurrency, you probably think of Bitcoin. That is also a cryptocurrency. So, you can buy and sell Ethereum with US dollars. And so One Ether is around $3,000. So if I want to buy it, I have to go online to a decentralized exchange, which is similar to like a foreign exchange when you go to another country and it's like, I have a dollar, give me, you know, a Mm -hmm. dollar and 10 in loonies and toonies. Like here, it's, I have a dollar, give me 0.003 Ethereum. And then with that Ethereum, it's all online. So it's not, there's no physical, like I can't hold some Ethereum. It's all held in my wallet online and that's that's the future yeah, of the, the
1: commerce of it in the exactly, financials. Yeah. Let's let's pivot into where would someone listening in this show how would they be able to relate to uh an NFT? Are they going to start seeing uh like a band like Metallica? What kind of NFT would Metallica be rolling out that The Joe Metalhead goes, hey, this is, uh, you know, Metallica's new
2: NFT. What would that visual be? You know, so it's really cool because there's a lot of options where with Metallica, that's like an end all be all. Like we're going to release our album like it's going to be all on chain and the only way to listen and view it and whatever is to be on blockchain. The other way to go with it is like a live event. Metallica has concerts hundreds a year. Maybe not hundreds at this point, but Metallica has a bunch of concerts every year. Every time you go to a concert, John, I know you personally, you have a fat collection of uh, stubs, right? Ticket stubs. (laughs) Imagine every time you go to a concert, instead of, I mean, you maybe get your physical ticket stub still, but you get a POAP, and that's a proof of attendance protocol. And what that is, it's an NFT that says... Yep, you on June thirteenth, nineteen eighty two, you were there at that concert. And in theory, this is like one of the big ideas that caught me on early. Everything could be an NFT. Like if I go yeah. to you know, I go to your local grocery store and I buy a hundred dollars worth of groceries, it prints out on the receipt like, Yes, for sure, you were here and you bought all these groceries. And again, the cynical viewer right now is like, We don't fucking need that. Yeah. But it's like Well,
1: you know what? I'm glad you said that because You know, I'm twice your age, I'm in the middle. Let's bring in our guest, Steve Joester, a 50-year rock photographer. And he, like I said, dipped his toe into this NFT pool. Hey, how are you, sir? Welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. How you doing tonight? Hey, I am good. Say hello to our guest, Danny Ukes. Hey, what's up, Steve? So Steve, we've been talking about, Danny's our liaison from old school myself, to the the new generation of NFTs and where the world's going in terms of currency and media. It's just the landscape is huge. As a veteran mixed media person yourself, photographer and a creator, how did you get into this NFT world and what are your thoughts of uh, having all these years of traditional uh, media experience?
3: Um, I got introduced by just somebody was I was talking to somebody and they suggested that you know I, I got some absolute classic shots of the biggest names in rock and metal and mm-hmm. I should work with you know and I met uh, Covalent and they loved the idea and they have been you know they took it and ran with it I, I've got to say you know NFTs to me a silly mystery I I I, I <laughs> You know, it's a strange, strange new world. Let, let
1: me uh, blatantly ask you, from the first time you heard of NFT until 10 minutes before this interview, how much more do you understand
3: it? <laughs> <laughs> Probably less. <laughs>
1: okay, yeah. <laughs> your, your team's doing a good job yeah. because, you know, you, you, you've put your product on the platform, you're playing the
3: game they absolutely believe in it they are 100% they believe in the whole crypto you know nft world and they are completely involved in it on every level the creators marketers all love
1: before we take a deep dive into your your history of your work and it's impressive it really is sir uh, i got to ask you has there been a pushback from the independent art community as to why does our art have to be
3: commercialized, are they not open to this? You know what the number one question was? How, how can we get an NFT? they—they. <laughs> ah. they, I mean, I don't know anybody who can explain it completely, but mm-hmm. it, it's something that is obviously, a, 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 you know, it, it's a huge new development. Yeah, and it can't be ignored. I mean, I think everybody heard about them the same time I did when um, there was that what
2: was it like a $6 million purchase people he sold uh, Yeah, the collage of everydays for 69 million
3: 69. Yes. Yeah, six, I
2: mean, it was that just shook.
3: the art world. he was the third highest paid artist on the planet. And everybody's saying, Who is this guy? What what has he done? You know, hold that thought, Dan, in 20 seconds or less,
1: if you can, how does someone sell an NFT or a piece, a tangible piece for $69 million? And more importantly, who's paying $69 million for that?
2: Yeah. The buyer, uh, I know that the losing buyer was Justin Sun, and he tried to put in like a $70 million bid like moments after it closed. I don't know who the actual buyer was. I think maybe someone in my, Mark Cuban's camp or something. However, this piece was really special because the artist, for the past 5,000 days, that's over 15 years, every single day, yeah, he would great. do a piece, like a digital art piece. And they were his every days, And every day for, it's just under 15 years, but like very, very long time. But that, that, that guy, he, he did a sketch every day. Whether it was a pencil sketch
3: or a, a more involved drawing, even on his wedding day, said he
1: got up in the morning, to do sketch. Well, that, that, that's his passion. Yeah. Let's pivot into Steve's art. Dan, quickly set the stage, how you met Steve, and what happened in San Diego a couple of weeks ago at the Nifty Gateway presentation that Steve rolled out?
2: All right, so for starters, uh Let's see, I got an email, right? I Because I'm the website you're referring to, the platform is called Nifty Gateway. That's a website where uh, a lot of artists can go and release their NFT projects. It's also a place where you can buy NFT projects on a secondary market. So if I have one and I want to sell one to you, you can go there and buy it directly from me. Okay. I got the email that was like, guitar heroes. And so I open it up and the first thing I see is Eddie Van Halen, like, you know, with the like just looking dope and I was like yeah oh this is cool like this is you know like a pretty worthwhile because I get those emails every single day they do multiple drops a day but not everyone catches my attention like that yeah so I clicked into it and I I sent uh my heavy metal aficionado John the Vernomatic Verno I sent mm-hmm. him a text that said uh yo Steve Joester this name ring about him? and he's like no not really but you know the photos are cool and I'm sure he has stories and everything and so I ended up buying the piece, and that night I reached out to Steve on uh, Twitter and was like, "Yo, like, would love to, you know, connect and hear some of your stories and the stay in the third. Mm-hmm. And so here we are, we made it happen. And that's like I was saying at the beginning, that's kind of the big power where it's it's connecting people that otherwise might not find a way to get connected. So Steve's guitar
1: heroes. Uh, I'll just quickly set the stage. There was five NFTs he had an Eddie Van Halen NFT, Angus Young from 78. He had um, uh, David Gilmour from Pink Floyd, uh, Pete Townsend. And um, what was the... Keith f- Richards. Keith Richards. Yeah. Tell us about these, why these photos, where were they taken? And let's go down heavy metal memory lane. Tell us your stories. Man, you Testing my memory. <laughs> okay, well i i have a good, i have a metal memory. I can help you out.
3: This came about um, with the guy. I, do you want me to go back to the first NFT drop? I've I've I've, I've done two. The first one.
2: Oh, I didn't. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that.
3: Yeah, yeah, I did one with um, the Crypt Gallery through Nifty, and that was three shots, band shots live of um, Queen the stones and ACDC. Now that-, that 70s, 70s? Yeah. yeah. Well, obviously. And um, I knew nothing about NFTs and Covalent, you know, took these and, and they, they put it out. I'm sat looking at the screen and about two minutes later, I get a text from them saying, congratulations, you sold out. And I'm going, what happened? and it went like that there was three shots 10 copies of each um and then this that we did a few months later we did the follow-up and they said what do you want to do this time so i thought well you know rock and roll is guitar you know Mm -hmm. guitar heroes are the soul of it so we said we'll do that i mean the big thing was choosing which which guys We had a lot of people to choose from. And it was interesting the response I got, you know, putting tests out of, you know, who liked. And we came up with, with, well, I I chose this five, you know. And what was surprising, I mean, we, we did 75 on this one, 69 of them sold. And three of each that didn't were Pete Townsend and Dave Gilmore which surprised me because that piece shot is a killer one.
1: Yeah. The, uh, from the, uh, who by numbers,
3: 76. Leaping up in the air, you know, such a powerful shot. Yeah. So we we came about that. We were going to do metal, you know, heroes. And then we thought we'd widen the, widen the scope a bit. I'm a big Van Halen fan, my favorite band of all time. And, the Eddie Van
1: Halen one, was there any particular reason why you used something from the 82
3: Diver Down tour? How much have you shot Eddie? I shot him on a couple of, couple of tours. This tour, I, I, it was just dynamite. I mean, he, every, I mean, everything he does is he, he's like the heart and soul of that band as, as was proven when, you know, Diamond Dave left and Sammy took over. if Eddie had left, (laughs) <laughs> well, you know,
1: there is no band of Eddie leaves. Right. That's why. Yeah.
3: So, you know, I, I, it just was, it just such a good energy in the shots because one thing about Eddie, you never get a shot of him where he just looks pissed off playing guitar. No, always, no. you know,
1: where was that shot taken? Do you remember that?
3: That was in Chicago.
1: Yeah. I shared with Dan, I don't know if he shared this with you, but yeah. you very rarely see pictures with that that set of overalls. Huh. So so I didn't know if you know, I didn't know how far into the weeds you went. Like you <laughs> knew what you're, you know, creating. I've been I've been a fan of them since 78. When I saw that picture, I'm like, ah, Diver Down. You know, the uh, hide your sheep tour. And I go, wow, that's those those oddity. Those those overalls that maybe you know who knows maybe they only used it the first Chicago eighty two was that summer of nineteen eighty two or I have to check that ah uh, yeah I'm testing you yeah now Angus Young tell us about the ACDC where where was that
3: that was in London and that was I think about a year before um. The singer died. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. so that, that was the old, that was the old group. Yeah. The- and that was, um, just before, was it back in black? And, you know, when you spend so much time out there, they kind of roll, roll into, you know.
1: Oh, well, um, I, I have the notes. There was 78 the yeah. power age too. Oh
3: yeah. Have, uh, did you, have you
1: met these guys? Did you have interaction much? Cause sometimes you get a pass. Uh, you
3: know, a photo pass yeah. and Yeah, you know, well, well, Eddie, and uh, I met them on that one because I was working with um, a German reporter who we were doing it for a, ma- a German magazine as well. So oh, okay. We got to talk with them and um, yeah, they, they were really interesting guys. I mean, Dave, Dave warms his voice up singing Al Jolson songs, which mm-hmm. is kind of a strange thing. He loved the old kind of showman. and um, well, That's
1: that, what he grew up on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about your contemporaries, the Ross Helfins or Neil
3: Zwolzauer or Mark Weiss? Yeah, I, mean, you that, guys... I, I actually saw a couple of comments on your uh, feed on that. <laughs> saying, Who is this guy? What, what about Neil and that? They were a bit later. You know, I started very early. There, there weren't many of us shooting then. Okay. You know, I remember Mike Potland and Chalky Davis. And we, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of people shooting rock mm-hmm. and roll back then because there wasn't a huge outlet for it. Yeah. Oh, no disrespect, Steve. Yeah. I just, no, you no, know, I, know, I know. I, 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 didn't I that. it was weird. But yeah. Danny said
1: yeah. when, you know, he yeah. mentioned it, I'm like, no, I haven't heard of this guy. But, um, hey, the resume goes deep, you know. Besides the metal guys, you know Elton John, Neil Young, Billy Joel's thing yeah, the class,
3: Bob Marley, you know, you you go. There's a yeah. Lot of, I'll tell you one of the strangest things I got was I got a call once, and it's this is probably very early eighties, and it was Do you want to go and shoot Uli Roth? He oh. is living in Jimi Hendrix's house. That was, that was down near Dover. And so I said, sure. So I went down, and Jimmy's like, this was after Jimmy had died. And um, Jimmy's girlfriend, wife, I'm not sure, was still living there. And Uli had kind of come in. You remember Uli Roth's Scorpion? Yeah, the original guitarist of the Scorpions. Yeah. So he kind of moved into the house. <laughs> And it really taken Jimmy's place, and there was still a lot of you know Jimmy's stuff around. And um, when was this like, this like, probably um, probably 80 82, 81. You know, I, I've got to check. I, I started going through all the old film, and luckily back then, there were times you know there were stamped on the um, yeah, on the, yeah, on the frame. I got to check it, but I got some really interesting shots of him outside because it was a big kind of spooky house covered in ivy, and he's just out front with his guitar. That's some cool, I might put one of those out.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uli's a piece of work. So what's on the horizon for your NFT? Yeah, this Now this, the first one was a sellout. This one, you said you moved, what, um... Sixty-nine, 69 of, 75. of seventy-five. Yeah. What's on the horizon? What's what's
3: next? We've got. Uh, we've got a, a real treat coming out. It's it's going to be. I, I guess I can say it. Yeah. It's 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 going to be a Bob Marley, multiple image, piece, from. I've got to check that tour again. But it, I think it was a Lyceum or Hammersmith Odeon in London. In seventy-five, yeah, I got some great stuff with Bob. Let me ask you: What makes a
1: good NFT? Is there a strategy to the NFT? Originality?
3: Explain that. I I gotta love the shot. You know that. That's it. You know the NFT part of it is the modern. I, I i don't know it, it's the, the the modern conveyance it's still to me it comes down to a piece of film i shot 50 years ago mm-hmm. so, and i gotta love the shot whether it goes out as a print an nft you know it, it it's just it's just pride in the shot in the image and it, it's got to be good otherwise i, I don't want to do it so NFT Dan, is just a platform.
1: Yes, yes. Dan, is a. Is there a parameters that, that make a quality NFT as opposed to the artistic release by the photographer?
2: So this is where it gets a little... It, it's interesting because people... The, the one word that people love to use in the NFT space is utility, right? I own this NFT. What does this NFT do for me? And from a traditional arts perspective that's very selfish of the consumer because for 99.999% of the artistic life cycle of all art on earth it has been I buy a piece of art because I appreciate it and that's pretty much the end all be all you know maybe in the future it'll appreciate in value and I'll be able to sell it for a higher cost but You know, generally speaking, you buy something because you like it and then you hold on to it. It's flipped on its head in the NFT space because, for one, people have made a lot of money where it's like, I spent $200 on this and I sold it for half a million. Like, oh, that's crazy. Like, every NFT should do that. It's not realistic. So when Steve puts out an NFT, it's like, it's storytelling. That's, I think that's what I'm getting at. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like what Steve just said. It's just another vessel. It's just another platform more or less for you to move your product across but the most successful products by far in the space are the ones that are building out an authentic community of people that are genuinely caring about what it is uh they're telling a story and just continuing the narrative of like you know nfts are still young two years ago most people didn't know what they are still people don't like don't know what they are however we're moving in a direction where it's like you know chances like this are our way of adding and contributing to the story of nfts and ethereum and blockchain and how it all fits with the future of society or at least the society that we're thinking that is possible but so to answer the question it's it's really whatever the artist is capable of giving to us but sometimes it's it just has to be a picture. Sometimes it doesn't have to be any bigger than what it is. Mm. A great example. There's this photographer in the space who did a open edition, right? So for 15 minutes, anyone that comes to the website can mint this NFT. It was like 0.2. So that's like $600 per NFT. And he sold 10,000 of them. So that's like, he brought in a ton of money. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. However, the people that bought them are now all pissed off at the artist. Cause they're like, well, what the hell? I bought this for 0.2 and now the floor is down to 0.1 and people are selling them for a significant loss and it's not worth as much as I paid, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you're the one that bought it. Like At the end of the day, it's it's still on the consumer to like know what you're buying. Know that your financial decisions are your own at the end of the day. And sometimes yeah. you buy something and you get no return. Other times you buy something without expecting a return and it's the best thing you ever bought is the NFT and everything you just explained
1: comparable to the stock market world where Absolutely. well well stay with me here yeah. where it doesn't apply to everyone like I don't know much about stocks in the NFT world how do you see this blowing up
2: in in my mind it will be a best case scenario when everyone in the world is using blockchain technology and maybe 2% and realize it. Like that that's oh, okay. that that's the big thing like there there is a heavy pushback especially from the traditional like contemporary art world or like people that are like uh, the the starving artist. We always talk about this. The starving artist that takes pride that they've only sold 3 pieces of work over their lifetime like you don't have to live like that. Like if you yeah. are making quality art and you're yeah. like telling a story and You know, someone will want to buy your stuff, if not anything else, just because they think, you know, they can resell it. But a lot of artists don't like that. It's like, if you're going to buy a piece of art from me, I don't want you to be, you know, just looking for some money off of it or whatever. And it's like, all right, that's valid. Then keep, you know, painting on canvas and try Mm -hmm. to get into galleries and stuff. However... That's very short-sighted because the bigger picture is that this, all of this is changing people's lives very yeah. actively every single day. Like, I literally have so many friends on social – like, I have – you know, I call my followers my friends because it's that's just the way I am. And I have so many friends that it's like we have – we've we've helped each other a lot. You know, we've helped hold, each other make money. Hold that we've thought. Helped, yeah.
1: Hold that thought because I do have a question on that. But, Steve, to you – has this rejuvenated your your enthusiasm? Do you do you like uh, your work? I don't want to say your work is done, but your body of work is there, and now this is a different outlet. Yeah, you absolutely,
3: um, yeah, and it, and it's opening up to a whole new market. You know, the, yeah. the, the people that know my work are not the young people that are you know kind of tied up with cryptocurrency and NFTs. And but one thing I did notice going back to that that the the NFT market seems to be kind of the, there are true collectors that just want to own yeah. certain NFTs and there's others that just use it you know as a commodity it could be corn it could be whatever and they flip it immediately on this you know secondary market to make a profit and it, it's that is just a commodity as opposed to it's
2: interesting even with your own drop I bought that Eddie Van Halen piece and I think initially it was like $800 and after everything sold out it's like oh the lowest offer on secondary is like 1100 so if I wanted to sell it like I could have profited but you know I like to consider myself more of a collector so like I'm okay. happy that I still hold it And
1: up. that's what I was going to say as a Van Halen fan and an Eddie fan I would yeah. I would purchase that to feel a connection to eddie that hey this is you know i'm not buying this to sell it it's you know okay i got a piece of eddie
2: generally speaking like that sounds like a mature collector whereas in the space like i i've done both i've bought stuff that it's like oh i just like this because i like it like i'll spend whatever on it and don't really plan to sell there's other stuff where it's like, ooh, I don't really like the way that looks, but I know that if I buy it, I should probably be able to sell it for more than I bought it for. So let's, right. and that's that's where it gets annoying because a lot of collectors don't know the difference between something good they should buy and hold on to, and something that maybe isn't worth buying. You know, that's what would you, what would you say isn't worth buying? Something,
3: I mean, if you liked it, would you say it wasn't worth buying if you didn't accumulate?
2: even if you like something it might maybe it's the price point maybe it's the just the team that's putting it out whatever because trust me i've bought a lot of art that well for two reasons it's like i like the art enough right and i think it's gonna make me money so a lot a lot of the space is i think i'm gonna be able to make money if i buy this personally the last like six months i've been trying to tone down on that because you end up spending a lot of money on things that aren't worth as much as they are. Even artists that are big name artists that like, there's this one artist named uh, like Sabat or Sabay or something like that. Uh, But he releases these like rather big collections every like three months, you know, like 5,000 piece collections, 10,000 piece collections. And it's like, every time you do it, yeah, you're selling out and you're bringing in a ton of money for yourself. But what are you doing for... The ones that are holding these NFTs what are you doing for the ones left behind where it's like I gave you my money I have this NFT what am I getting because of it and so the one word I said earlier was utility like Steve something I would love to see which I mean obviously you don't have to do anything but if you were to be like all right anyone that holds any of my NFTs I'm going to mint a special edition of you know this picture of whoever and and you can only claim that if you already have one of my NFTs. Which is you know that, that that's, that's where things get fun because then it's like, oh, cool! Yeah. So I have this super exclusive one that no one was able to buy, and now if I sell it for five hundred dollars, you know, yeah. it is what it is. It's just pretty much a free five hundred dollars because I already had another piece that I still hold well, on that's, to. That's
3: what we did this time. We we did, we did the I think the Angus piece, uh, a, a much reduced rate for people that owned one of the previous pieces and that's what I'm gonna keep doing and I'll, I'll keep dropping the price on it and you know maybe one time it'll be a free one for people you know but i'm I'm new at it so you know my base isn't as big as it's hopefully gonna be and um, but yeah no I absolutely agree with that you know you, you you've got to reward people
2: for you know being there for you and it's so easy to whereas before it's like traditional art world like how am i going to give all 300 people that have ever bought art from me something whereas with nfts it's like oh i go on chain i can literally see exactly which wallets hold my art and i can just send something right to them directly you know i have that leads me to my last
1: question for you two and we're gonna we we have a nice kaleidoscope of interpersonal people here i'm in my mid 50s I I think Steve's maybe three or four years older than I am. (laughs) And and, and Danny's in his mid twenties and we could, the intrapersonal community that we all have established in our lives is, is, is something to behold. So Steve, have you found since you've been, you know, involved in this NFT through, you know, maybe your team, have you developed a new relationship maybe with younger people like a Danny Ukes or even your clientele that, you know, let's admit it, as you get older, the friend base and the people you meet or surround yourself dwindles down compared to when you're younger and you're meeting people. Elaborate on your new community.
3: I'll I'll tell you, I have met some incredible, incredible people through this. I was in LA a little while ago at the Crip Gallery. They had a a do there and I went, and um, you know Tommy and Basho, who run the the gallery, fabulous people. They introduced me to all uh, such an interesting mix of people, you know. And they they were they were equally kind of inquisitive and fascinated. They are the NFT world, you know. But they were still yeah. there's still so much unknown about it. And you know, you feel you're part of a new frontier. You know, you you gathering information together and it's funny some of the comments so some of the people were saying wow man, this guy shot stuff on film <laughs> and the
1: guy, you know like what? yeah and i developed it myself we had a <laughs> black room
3: <laughs> yeah right yeah I left, I, 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 if you look at the previous ones i left the you know the the marks on the edge of the film and well i did with the angus one as well and they were saying, what is that? The sprocket marks, you know. Oh. You know, that's what winds a film on. And they go, what's film?
1: <laughs> well, uh, quick question for you, Steve. When was the last time you smelled the the thinner, the, you know, the oh, the, the chemicals? chemicals
3: of a dark room? Yeah. yeah. A while ago.
1: Yeah. I, I, that's something where if you smelled, you'd go back to 68 when you started doing this.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's got a very distinctive uh
1: yeah. Yeah. Danny, what about you and your community? Cause you're a young
2: professional and
1: share with us your interpretation of all this.
2: So that's like, that's the biggest deal for me. Because if you look at my own story and you go back about a year, a year and a few months from today, and you know, it's. February of 2021. January of 2021, I have been in the space for no more than three months, right? And it's just like everything's so new and exciting. And at the time, there was uh, this app called Clubhouse. It's still around, but pretty much how it worked was you go into Clubhouse and you find a room and there's like a bunch of people on stage, maybe like five to ten people that are actively talking in a conversation, and then everyone else is down in the audience just listening in. Mm -hmm. I spent hours and hours and hours on this uh, app because that's where everyone was talking about NFTs and it was so interesting because it was such a broad mix of like you know young people like me who just have you know no idea want to get in and then there's old people too like older dudes and women that are like I'm also like you know I'm 20 years (laughs) well seriously though there's like people that are like I'm 20 years in fashion and this is incredible to me like I'm 30 years in journalism and this is incredible like how do we you know, tie And so that's when, you know, I'm in these rooms with these people that it's like, I'm not generally in these rooms with these types of people. You know, the only time I'm ever around like high level professionals is like, I graduated from college in 2019. Like that's the only other time. And so it was like exactly what uh, Steve was saying, where all of a sudden, like we, we have a common ground. We have something that we can all talk about with one another. And it's like, you know, those early days, there's not necessarily bad ideas. It's just like, how can we take that idea and make it what it, you know, the best idea. Anyway, I started building my own platform on there doing like NBA top shot was pretty big around this time last year. And people started coming to me in a weird way where it's like professional athletes and like people that are affiliated with like major league sports teams, whether, you know, like they're business people or like whatever. And it's like, Danny Ukes, can I get 20 minutes of your time? Like, let's sit down and talk about it. And it's like, I turned that into, you know, for one, a full-time position in Web3. So I have an actual job with a NFT platform or whatever. But bigger picture, it's what I do is just, like, how I became an influencer, Danny Ukes, it was really just helping people and coming in and, like, giving my time because, That's the one thing I realize now that I don't have a lot of free time. Like, when I did have a lot of free time, that's what got me into the position where I'm in. You know, by being able to constantly be there, you know, in Discord, on Twitter, you know, just talking with people and everything. That is, that's the big picture. And I'm so fortunate that I did have all that free time because now it's just Mm -hmm. like... I don't know. Like last week I was in New York city, then San Diego to speak at a conference. And then, you know, back here in Rochester. And it's just like the people that you meet along the way and the stories that you end up getting to tell, like that's really incredible. I really, a year and a half ago, I did not expect to be where I am right now, right now.
1: Well, that grassroots and what you just explained, that's old school. That will never change. Yeah,
2: yeah,
3: exactly. But one thing I got to say, that that you know when when this started and I put myself in the hands of uh, Mike and David Covellan, and I knew nothing about this. They said, "Well, we want to fly up to New York. We'll meet you. We'll come and film you in the studio. We'll do all mm-hmm. this." And they, I, I, I've got to say we'd never met them before they came and stayed with us we filmed we had fun and they have been you know talk about a community i've never doubted them once they've never let me down i've never felt any kind of strange you know should i be giving them this giving them that
1: yeah yeah
3: it's good i mean it is and and they're younger guys and um You know, as you say, it it is just a broadening of your outlook, and and it's good to start trusting people. You know, as you, you, when you get older and you've got your friends kind of close in, you tend to be a little more, you know, protective. And I've got to say, it's it's an amazing community, the whole NFT community. But special shout out to uh, Mike and Dave, I've got to say. The best way to see All of my work, or most of it, is to go to my website, you know, stevejoester.com. And then you'll see the photography, you'll see the artwork that I've been doing with the photography. Uh, Nifty Gateway is a good one. Crypt Gallery. Okay. They've got the original three. Um, We'll have all these... Uh, links in
1: our show notes, so listeners, you don't have to scramble and try to write this down. Yeah, will be all outlined and um. And Danny, uh, how do people follow you at Danny Ukes on
2: Twitter? Close at Dan Verno on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I'm I'm available. You know, just send a little yo at Dan Verno. I listen to the podcast. This is what I like. This is what I didn't like. I will respond. I try to respond to everyone. So yeah, I'm out there.
1: Well, guys, I hope we somehow explain to the Metal Mayhem listeners that um, this is the, this is the future. It's it applies to everyone. Just the fact that a, a veteran rock and roll photographer has lent his stock into this and lent his trust, and the younger generation is there to help
3: us older guys get into the future so and, and don't feel worried about not understanding it because really i don't think anybody <laughs> oh. it's a, it's a new road we're all on you know and it's yeah it's, it's the future all right well
1: guys thank you for joining me it's uh it's been an honor and sir i'll follow you and danny
3: i will follow you well thank you yeah. john thanks danny and um it's been a pleasure okay steve take care okay. sir you too bye bye
0: metal for life thank you for listening to metal mayhem roc check out our website at metal mayhem for information on podcasts archives links to all our live radio shows and all sorts of info please like follow and share with everyone even your non-metal friends and always remember to keep it heavy